a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. When we look at ourselves and the situation of the world, uh, God is certainly there, but he's hidden there. He's not seen there. He's not, he, he hasn't put himself there to be found. Where he puts himself to be found is on the cross. That's where we know that he loves us. So we can just as well undo God's love for us as we can go back in time and pry the nails out of Jesus' hands. We can just proclaim God's word, trust it will do what it says it will do, and no longer be, be judging the effectiveness of the, of the preached word by human standards of measurement, by, by the number of people that are there, but, but rather to just do what God told us to do, to preach the word and administer the sacraments. Ch- Charles Finney could have possibly had the ugliest face of any theologian. <laughs> Except for Brian Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome to another edition of hey, Table Talk hey. Radio. Boy, you love that intro. I love the last part. People go running when Pastor Wolfman is walking down the street. Yes, that's what I get for making fun of Charles Finney. <laughs> that's right. I should have known better. Hey, we have the uh, Lint category of Table Talk Jeopardy today. Yes. And uh, Google it. Uh, your your uh, dream come true with Google it, finally. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> It's a buzz. Uh, I, go- I googled the word Martin Loser, and uh, so we can talk about <laughs> what came up there. But we don't have any email to do today. You know, I think this is a bit. We don't have any email because we just recorded yesterday. We're doing two shows back to back. We don't have, and so I think that the problem is email is too old fashioned, and uh, the way everyone communicates now is through this Facebook, which you don't like. Oh yeah, that, to... that wretched social networking website. I, I know right, that. So, so I'm, I think I'm going to make a uh, a, a table talk radio group on Facebook so people can join us there so I am entirely opposed to this but in fact uh, I'm going to do it right now no, no. <laughs> Facebook we're s- supposed to be recording a show right now don't worry I always do this kind of stuff <laughs> create oh, a group man, Here brother okay this will this will increase uh, my chances of winning today's show with more table talk radio points because you'll be distracted uh, with you know uh, creating virtual friends rather than real friends. <laughs> I've got half my orthodoxy tied behind my back anyways. So oh, okay, we'll see. Just to make it fair. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's start off with the buzzwords. The buzzword I have for you today, um, I hear it pronounced a couple different ways. Uh, I always call it the Sanhedrin. Some people call it the Sanhedrin. Uh, but this is the uh, Council of, uh, of Pharisees and... Uh, and Sadducees that govern the Jewish nation. I think there was like 71 of them uh, at the time of Christ uh, while under the uh, rule of Rome. And so that is the Sanhedrin. And and the Sanhedrin uh, was instrumental in in plotting against Jesus for his death. So uh, very timely as we talk about Lent. There you go. Uh, What do you think the name of this should be, by the way, this group? Uh, Table Talk Radio Fans? I think, is there a part for buzzwords on there? Because that's what we're doing right now. Could you pay attention, Well, my buzzword for you, can you... (laughs) My buzzword for you is another buzz phrase. I this I can't believe we haven't used this one. Total depravity. That's not on the list. There it is. Have okay. we never used the buzzword total depravity? I guess not. Apparently, guess not. Uh, total depravity is the way the Calvinists talk about original sin. So that's what it means. Original sin. Uh, it means that um, that we are totally depraved in spiritual things according to our fallen nature. 
So I think the the most important reason to confess this business is like we do in the catechism when we say, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or come to him. So, uh, so that our fallen will has an inability to receive, embrace the spiritual things of God, like uh, Paul confesses in in uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14, uh, the, the, the fallen man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, nor can he, for they are spiritually discerned. So we do not and cannot. So that's total depravity. All right, easy enough. I'll get that in in just a second or two. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, you ready for your uh, category of Table Talk Jeopardy? Yeah, I think I'll just call this Table Talk Radio Group. And work on the description here. I thought but we you were. Have oh, categories. my mistake! I thought we were playing Table Talk Jeopardy. What do are you, you doing do you over have, there? Do you have different categories for me, or just one category? No, just for one. Jeopardy? Okay. Just one. Uh, so, uh, do you want uh, one through five hundred? Which one? Um, one hundred. I'll start with one hundred. Remember, we do the fake point thing, so the drama builds. <laughs> That's right. So, so this, <laughs> this is the the outer courts uh, questions, and we'll yeah, get yeah, the yeah, we're moving in like the praise song. <laughs> start out far. Horsing around, soon we'll be ending in an intimate whisper. Like last time, <laughs> the last time we recorded, you tried to put the music on behind me. To... <laughs> so I'll take what. And what is my theme? Did you tell me? I I am paying Lent. attention enough. Lent. Okay, Lent. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you're I'll paying... take Lent for one hundred, please. You're playing perfect attention. Maybe you should close that Facebook window. Don't worry. It'll be fine. We'll have a group up by the time we're done recording today. So. I, I did see an article. Uh, someone sent it to me that that uh, some study found that those who use Facebook while at work are more productive. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know why, but okay. All right. Uh, your question then for 100, or I guess the answer for 100. The practice of spiritual discipline in which one refrains from certain foods to focus on the passion of Christ. <laughs> Uh, well, the, I was thinking right off the top of the bat, what is chatting online? But <laughs> this would probably be this would be the spiritual discipline of playing video games for some people. But <laughs> I, I, I think we, uh, when we turn to the scriptures, we see this called fasting. So the answer is, what is fasting? That is right for one hundred. Now, people ask me uh, sometimes. Uh, what is fasting all about? Why do we fast? What's your answer? Hey, you know that that's uh, I was uh, I've been reading some of these Luther sermons. I don't know if I've said this on the air. We you can subscribe to Luther sermon audio by podcast now. Uh, I don't know if we have a link to that on Table Talk Radio, but on our church website uh, hope aurora.org and there's a Luther sermon audio, and you so Luther shows up on your iTunes. He he sounds eerily like me though. Uh, his voice and my voice are almost the same. Which, was, no which is what makes it which makes it completely disappointing. <laughs> I thought of trying to read Luther sermons with a bit of a German accent, but I, but anyway, that, that's beside the point. I was reading Luther's sermon on Ash Wednesday, uh, and he was talking about fasting, and he says there's two types of fasting. Now this is a very important point. There's voluntary fasting and there's involuntary fasting. So there's the fasting where you say, hey, I'm going to give up food for a day or five days or whatever. That's the voluntary fasting, and it's not as Luther says it's not as uh, important. Because at any time, you can stop the fast. You just go to the refrigerator and get some food or whatever. Uh, then there's the involuntary fasting, which is where the Lord drives us away from food. And this was the type of fasting that our Lord Jesus was doing in the wilderness when the Spirit drove him in the wilderness. Uh, and the Lord takes away something from us. 
Um, so these are the two types of fasting. Now, most people, when they talk about the spiritual discipline, are talking about voluntary fasting. So going for a day or two or skipping a meal or something like this, uh, especially during the penitential seasons in the church year or the the ember days, which happen every uh, really every season in the church. There's these days for fasting and prayer. Uh, and it's a good outward discipline. Like we say in the catechism, uh, fasting um, is uh, of some benefit, some bodily benefit. Um, but true worthiness and well-preparedness to take the Lord's Supper is a matter of faith. So when we need to discipline the body outwardly, fasting is a good exercise. Okay, now uh, compare that then to what you hear a lot of times in Lent, especially, is what people call fasting, but really abstaining. And so uh, they say, oh, I, I gave up popcorn for Lent, or I gave up chocolate or soda pop or whatever. Uh, I gave up shaving. Oh, Lord help us. I'm you're, trying you're, to give up not wife. smoking my pipe. Can you, do you get that one? I'm trying to give up not smoking. Yeah, I get it. I gave up showering, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, maybe I'll put a link on the on our new Facebook page to my Linton beard pictures. Oh, brother! Facebook page. Hey, everybody, send us a poke. <laughs> there's kind of a fake so, Lenten practice. I don't want to criticize it too much. I mean, that's fine if people are trying to uh, pay attention to the rhythm of the church year and things like this. Uh, that's that's fine. It's good for the kids and and uh, if someone wants to give up popcorn or Dr Pepper or something. Then, I mean, the, the danger is thinking that God is somehow pleased with that sacrifice. The sacrifice that pleases God is not give is is not you giving up chewing gum or whatever. It's the death of Jesus on the cross. And uh, but as long as we don't think that we're somehow getting on God's good side, but because we give up something that we really like, um, then uh, then that's all right. Yeah, and if you want to look like a slob during Lent, like Pastor Wolf Miller, you can you can do that too. <laughs> It's not a slaw. It's not the slaw. It's John the Baptist book. Um, <laughs> what, I always wonder what, what you if, if John the Lent? Baptist was uh, was coming to teach like the uh, the uh, pastoral classes at the seminary. You know the class where they tell you to take a shower before church and stuff, <laughs> clean out your fingernails. If John the Baptist was in there, <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I don't have a punchline. Uh, okay, <laughs> everyone's favorite theological game show. Join. This group. Oh, stop. Okay, well, moving on. Uh, we're coming up on our next break, uh, but we'll read the question, then we'll, we'll like, answer, and then we'll get the question on the other side of the break. Uh, so you want, you want 200 in, in, in order? Yeah, then? 200. Okay. 200. 200. That's right. Then your answer then for 200 is the Lenten hymn typically sung during Holy Week based on the Latin hymn from, from Bernard of Clairvaux and written by the Lutheran theologian Paul Gerhardt in 1656. Oh, that'll be a good one. All right. Uh, Since we're out of emails, we need you to email us in questions at tabletalkradio.org. Or you know what? Just give us a call, 866-851-5523. We've also been working on some table scraps lately, so check those out on our website, tabletalkradio.org, and click on table scraps for some additional interviews and and things like that. Uh, We'll be continuing. You can also join our group on Facebook. No, you can't. Table Talk Radio. No, you can't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll be right back, Table Talk Radio. Hey, it's Jack Johnson. Not really one of the 
best decisions you've made today. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Lutheran Student Fellowship at the University of Oklahoma and Trinity Lutheran Church presents the 11th Annual Vocation Symposium with this year's speaker, Dr. Stephen Hine, the director of the Concordia Institute for Christian Studies. This year's topic, The Doctrine of Vocation, Ordinary Lives for Ordinary Saints. This all takes place Saturday, April the 10th from 2 p.m. to 7.30 on the campus of the University of Oklahoma. Register online by April the 4th. Go to tlcnorman.org. Registration is free for students and only $10 for adults. Again, register online by April the 4th at tlcnorman.org. Ordinary Lies for Ordinary Christians. Hope to see you there. Welcome back to this edition of Table Talk Radio playing Table Talk Jeopardy. The category is Lent. And hey, the, hey, look at this. On the Facebook group page, it says Select Category also. You this know, is I'm, just a, I'm really <laughs> glad you're taking care of that because you're going to miss this next one, which says the now, Lenten... Do you, <laughs> do you think that this is common interest or entertainment and arts? <laughs> uh, is there a none of the above? Is, is there? Groups. Is there... Uh, just oh. for fun? What about just for fun? Oh, I like entertainment and arts. I like that category. We're not very entertaining or artistic, but humor. Oh, I'm going to put humor. Radio, radio. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm putting for, by for the 200. way under, the, e- the email is Evan at Table Talk Radio. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <sighs> Are you going to put uh, pictures of yourself with? with you know, I haven't shaved in 40 days. Beard? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's how Facebook goes, you know. That's how we roll on does Facebook. Your, does your wife mistake you for the cat sometimes when during Lent? <laughs> Happens every that year. That happened last year. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> I had forgot about that. I was leaving early for church, and I went to give Carrie a kiss goodbye, and, and she jumped up about, you know, a foot off the bed because she thought the cat had jumped on her face. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. That's Back to Jeopardy. I'm ready. For 200, the Lenten hymn typically sung during Holy Week based on the Latin hymn from Bernard of Clairvaux and written by Lutheran theologian Paul Gerhardt in 1656. Yes, I think this is this famous uh, Lenten hymn, O Sacred Head Now Wounded, uh, This uh, that talks about the, the death of Jesus, especially appropriate for the Passion uh, season the last two weeks of Lent, so I'm going to take the. Uh, I'm going to say that's my answer. What is O Sacred Head? That is correct. O Woo. Sacred Head now wounded. Uh, let me read the first stanza. We can talk. Maybe give us something to talk about here. Um, o Sacred Head now wounded with grief and shame weighed down, now scornfully surrounded with thorns, thine only crown. How pale thou art that, that with anguish, with sore abuse and scorn. How was that? Uh, visage languish, which one was bright as morn? Yeah, this hymn is. I'm going to pull it out too. What are you reading from, by the way? What hymnal? Oh, I just uh, Googled it because I uh, didn't have it prepared. <laughs> so I might have. Uh, these words might be a little bit different. I'm not sure. 
No, no, that's right. It, it's, I mean, it's a contemplation, and this is an ancient practice to contemplate the suffering of Jesus. So, I mean, it begins with the head of Jesus, and and to consider the head and the, and the crown of thorns, and um, and his beard, which was ripped out of his face. Um, to consider. Is that why uh, you don't shave during Lent? No, uh, that, that would be too spiritual of a reason. <laughs> Uh, the, and then I mean, and then to also I mean to consider the Lord's hands and the nails that were driven through His hands and through His feet, His side, which the spear pierced, and and it's kind of it should just kind of consider the bodily suffering of Jesus, uh, and and meditate on that. That's uh, th- this hymn and a handful of other Lenten hymns do this a uh, very similar sort of thing, um, and and to, and to you know meditate on the fact that it's it's precisely for us and for our sins that Jesus is suffering all of these things. Now here's the important thing though, Evan. I think I don't know if we've talked about this before, but when we speak of the suffering of Jesus, we want to speak of the threefold suffering of Jesus. There's three w- distinct ways that Jesus suffers on the cross. All right, let's the, hear it. The first is the physical suffering of Jesus. Uh, the physical anguish, you know, I mean, the crown of thorns, the spear, the whip, the beating, etc., etc. Um, but that's but that's not a salvific uh, suffering in the sense that the two thieves on the cross next to Jesus also suffered that. You and I could suffer that kind of suffering. Uh, the second kind of suffering, which is actually the suffering that the scriptures dwell on most, and that is um, the the shame of the cross. That are and here's the way to think of shame, the the pain of shame. If if someone comes and spits on your face, it doesn't hurt you physically. I mean, you're not like writhing in agony on the floor because of the pain of someone's spit, unless there's some sort of like world champion watermelon seed spitter. So it doesn't hurt you, but it hurts. You know, mm-hmm. it's because it's someone shaming you. That's when a when a woman slaps a man. Normally, it's not to it's not to injure him or incapacitate him, but to shame him. So the slapping, the mockery, the fact that our Lord Jesus had his clothes stripped off so that he hangs on the cross naked, uh, that's the shame of the cross and what the Gospels talk about the most. But the suffering that wins the uh, forgiveness of our sins is a third type of suffering, and we could call it the spiritual suffering of the cross. It is the agony of hell of being forsaken by God. So when Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When the cloud goes dark, this is the Lord dumping on Jesus the punishment for all of our sins. And that is the spiritual suffering of the cross, and it is the suffering that wins for us uh, salvation. Hmm. Now, uh, huh, no, I, I don't think I've, I've uh, thought about that before. Okay, so um, now we have uh, us in the, in the New Testament have been have been given the promise of the forgiveness of sins by what Christ has done. And so uh, we're freed then from the the spiritual suffering uh, that is the wrath of God, that right. that we don't suffer the wrath of God. And even, would, would you say even the, the shame, uh, the, the shame of our sin, or would you... S- you see, see what I'm getting at here? I mean, because because yeah, yeah. we we would still suffer physical consequences, but that's not necessarily the same as a physical anguish for the uh, for our sins. Right. We still we still do have physical suffering, and we still do have shame in this life. Okay. It's the I mean, but and but now here's the reason why this hymn, "O Sacred Head Now Wounded," is so is such a powerful hymn because we, the, when we consider the the suffering of our Lord Jesus, we can only we can begin to understand the pain most of all i mean all of us have had painful things happen uh all of you listeners are having this 
painful experience <laughs> now of listening to our radio show. I mean, but I mean, not not just and that, about that that pain can be spread to Facebook in any any yeah. minute now. <laughs> That's right. But all of us, and so we know physical pain a little bit. So we start with the physical suffering of Jesus, and then we know a little bit about shame too. I mean, we all had when we were younger these nightmares of that we went to school and forgot to wear our pants or whatever. This kind of thing. You did. Yeah, uh, it was a dream. It happened in a dream. <laughs> this kind of, you know, you begin to know this. We can, we can, we cannot even begin to fathom the spiritual suffering that our Lord undergoes, because that's precisely the suffering that He took on Himself, the suffering that we deserve, but that we don't get. But it's it's really through considering the physical and the shameful suffering of the cross that we begin to get a sense of mm. of how deep the suffering was. We can only begin to get a sense of it. We'll never know it fully. In fact, the reason why Jesus suffered on the cross is so that we would never know uh, that that pain at all. Ah, very good. Okay, well that's good. Say, oh, sacred hand, I wounded. That's a great hymn. You should look it up. Uh, now uh, for three hundred. Are you ready for your next? Uh, I'm writing on recent news for our Facebook page. This. Things keep getting worse and worse on this disaster of a radio show. <laughs> Great. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, where we're not uh, playing with our Facebook, but we're actually doing a radio show. Okay, okay. And the, uh, 300. Uh, I'll take Lent for 300. <laughs> <laughs> then the, the answer is the ordinaries in the liturgy, the ordinaries in the liturgy, which are omitted in the season of Lent. Um, the ordinaries of the liturgy. So the, we talk about in the liturgy two parts. Uh, Ordinaries and what is the other one called? Propers. Uh, propers. That's right. So the propers change based on the Sunday or on the season. So you have a set of Lenten propers, for example. That'd be like the proper preface, uh, the hymns for the season of Lent, the scripture readings, the introit. Those are propers, and they change. Then we have the ordinaries, and those are the elements of the service that stay the same almost all the time. So you have, for example, um, the uh, the Kyrie, the Gloria Celsius, the Creed. Um, the uh, the Agnus Dei, the Nunc Dementis, uh, and and, the, and these sorts of things. Uh, in the season of Lent, and this happens, it's kind of goes through a process in the season of Lent, is that the service begins to get kind of stripped down a little bit, so that you lose things. So one of the things that is lost, and this is a custom, uh, maybe an ancient custom, uh, is to omit the, any singing of the Alleluia during Lent. Uh, another thing, and this is changing uh, the the ordinaries, is the Gloria in Excelsis, uh, which is the great hymn of the angels that they sang to the shepherds, uh, combined with the Kyrie and the and the Agnus Dei, kind of all mixed in together. That's also omitted for the whole season of Lent. And then when you get into Passion Tide, a lot of churches have lost this custom, but the last two weeks of Lent are called Passion Tide, and it strips down even further. So the so the uh, the minor doxology, the Gloria Patri, that's said after the Psalms and the Canticles, is omitted during the last two weeks, hmm. uh, and things like this. So, uh, the, but the special, the ordinary, especially that's omitted during the season of Lent, is the Gloria in Excelsis. So that's my my answer. What is the Gloria in Excelsis? That is correct for another. 300 points. Woo! You. So you're up to 600 total. <clears throat> what are you going to do with all these points? Uh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'll... F- I'm, I was fasting on points so far this Lent season, but so maybe I'll give them as alms <laughs> to the poor. I know. I'll give them out to the people that join our new group here. I'm customizing it now. Uh, Show profile box, yes. Enable ins- discussion, yes. <laughs> well, at least you're not checking your email this time. Oh, because we don't have any email. That's why. <laughs> Please send us email so uh, Pastor's not playing with Facebook. Uh, quest- questions at 
tabletalkradio.org. We're about out of time uh, once again, so we'll continue this edition of Table Talk Jeopardy uh, right after this commercial break. you got 400 and 500 left uh, in this category for Lent uh, here on Table Talk Radio. Uh, in case you haven't done this already, uh, it's a really good idea to take our toll-free number, 866-851-5523, and save it in your cell phone so that when you're driving around, you see a, a theological bumper sticker. You can call it into the, the theological bumper sticker hotline at Table Talk Radio, 866-851-5523. And we like to talk about uh, that during our segment, uh, Bumper Sticker Theology. We're going to continue playing Table Talk Jeopardy on this Lent edition of Table Talk Radio. Don't go away. Table Talk Radio. The answer is always the gospel. The traditional understanding says that God asks of us something God is incapable of himself. That's emergent church pastor Brian McLaren on his criticism of the traditional view of atonement. God asks us to forgive people, but God is incapable of forgiving. Uh, God can't forgive unless he punishes somebody in place of the person he was going to forgive. God, God doesn't say to, to you, um, forgive your wife and then go kick the dog to vent your anger. Well, what do you think? Join us for the next edition of Table Scraps Live on April the 11th at 8 o'clock Central Time when we're talking about the emergent church movement with Chris Roseborough of Fighting for the Faith in Pirate Christian Radio. That's Table Scraps Live on Sunday, April the 11th at 8 o'clock Central Time. Just visit our website, tabletalkradio.org, or click on over to piratechristianradio.com. Oh, sacred head now. Oh, Sacred Head Now Wounded, the hymn by Paul Gerhardt, uh, we were just talking about in the last segment. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, everyone's favorite Lutheran theological game show. Uh, we are playing the Lent category of Table Talk Jeopardy, and Pastor Wolfmiller is sitting here with 600 points. Which um, you can't believe. That right, right now I'm selecting from my group of friends here who to invite <laughs> to our group also. Well, we don't have any friends. <laughs> See, that's the problem with Facebook is you know you have to have fans of this this little club that you're making, and yeah, and we yeah. don't have any. Look, I just just started five <laughs> minutes ago. We'll have tons. I'm going to invite everyone here. <laughs> what makes you think that when we have five listeners, we're going? Oh yeah, we'll probably have more fans on Facebook than we do <laughs> listeners. Oh undoubtedly. Is, oh yeah. The discussion will be like this. Uh, what is this thing, anyways? <laughs> I've never heard of this table talk radio. I'm washing my of hands of this. I'm washing my hands of this. Okay. <clears throat> um, all right. So we are uh, into this this category of Lent, and you, uh, Pastor, have have uh, a couple category couple answers left. You have um, four hundred or five hundred. Which would you like? I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Lent for four hundred, please, Alex. Okay, and that is the Daily Double. I have 600 points. I'm going to put them all on the line, and I'm going to throw in a couple, an extra 1,000 points from my back pocket here. 
1600. Uh, that's not allowed. Points. So I'll let you do the 600. I'm sorry. Oh um, maybe if you would have gotten your buzzword in by now, but you didn't. Oh, that's true enough. <laughs> what is my buzzword saying? I had a chance to do it twice, too. Yes, you did, but too bad. Uh, Sanhedrin is my buzzword. Yep. Okay, so here's your uh, answer for 400. And listen carefully. Are you ready? Yes. The reference in which Satan quotes the Old Testament to Jesus in the temptations. He will command his angels concerning you. On their hands they will bear up, bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Oh, man. All right. Uh, so this comes from uh, the first Sunday in Lent, by the way, has the temptation of our Lord Jesus, and he's there tempted by the devil in every way. We have recorded three of them, and this is, uh, depending on if you're reading Matthew or Mark, this is the second or third temptation, sorry, Matthew or Luke, where the devil quotes the Psalms and says, hey, look, at, uh, you can jump off the top of the temple because the Lord will send his angels to protect you and you won't dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus' response is to quote Deuteronomy. Jesus loves this Deuteronomy. He quotes it three times against the devil. And he says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Um, this is a psalm that the devil quotes. It is, if I remember right, Psalm 91 and right around verse 11, if I, <laughs> memory serves me right. So I'm going to say, what is Psalm 91, 11? Wow, you even got the verse. It's actually 11 and 12. So. <laughs> oh, man. You thought you were going to kill me on that one, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, and by kill, I mean take away all my points. <laughs> right, right. Uh, okay, very good. Um, I, I, I do like that... that um, Satan you, doesn't. You are. <laughs> yes. I wasn't supposed to get that. <laughs> um, I I don't. That was that was probably the only one that I thought you might have a problem with. But very good. You're you're on your A game. Uh, but it's interesting that that Satan in in quoting this to Jesus verses eleven twelve he doesn't read the thirteenth verse, uh, which says, "You will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample down." You know, this one I also was reading Luther's sermon on this thing, and you know what Luther points out, the thing that the devil doesn't quote, is um, is this little little line at the end of verse 11, Psalm 91, 11, in all your ways. Mm, He'll give his angels charge over you to keep you, and, he, and the devil omits in all your ways. And, and Luther makes the point that by omitting that, um, uh, the devil had totally changed the meaning, because... Uh, because here the promise for the Messiah and for the Christian is that the Lord will keep us as we live out our vocation, as we do the things that God has called us to do. What the devil is doing is the opposite. He's calling Jesus to step out of his vocation mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and tempt God by doing something that's totally unnecessary. The, uh, this, uh, Luther says, is the spiritual temptation because for the Christian, because there's probably a good set of steps there, but uh, instead of just walking down the steps, uh, he wants to do some sort of a miraculous sort of thing, and then and that ends up tempting God. So, and this is bad, a bad way to. Uh, to to go about in our wrestling daily wrestling with God and prayers etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Brilliant. So for that I will give Luther one thousand points. Oh man, I'm ahead <laughs> of Luther by two hundred. So <laughs> You're right. Maybe maybe I put it at another zero. Ten thousand points. <laughs> okay. You're well under Luther. Oh man. <laughs> okay. Well, you have one more then. All right. I'll take it. You can quit now if you want. 
No, no, I'll go for it. Uh, I'll take Lent for 500, please. All right. The Latin word referring to the three days in Lent commemorating commemorating Christ's three days in the tomb. What? The, the Latin, Latin word referring to the three days in Lent commemorating Christ's three days in the tomb. Um, oh, I should have made this the Daily Devil. Well, you have, I mean, you have Holy Saturday. This is in the Holocaust Holy... You have the uh, – there is this talk of dormition uh, sometimes, uh, but I don't know if that's – I don't know. I, I don't know why I don't know this one. Um, <clears throat> what is the – uh, the Christ resting in the tomb? The dorm, um, but normally it seems like dormition is not talked about when we, when we talk about Jesus in the tomb. Um, uh, I don't know. What is it? Do you? Oh man, I should have had you wager some. <laughs> Bummer. You know, Luther would have got this. He has ten thousand points. I know it. <laughs> uh, this is uh, um, tri triduum or tri or triduum. Oh, the tr- yeah. tridium. Tridium. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's Latin for three days. I guess I should have guessed that. Wah, wah. Here, I, I have a I have a little a little thing for you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Oh boy, you were waiting for that. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to get to use that. Ah, oh, all right. <clears throat> well, yeah, that... the, the, so Jesus go, uh, dies on Friday before sundown. He's, so then Friday is the day of his death, and then Saturday all day, twenty-four hours, and then after sundown, sometime the sundown on Saturday, which marked the beginning of Sunday, the Lord Jesus uh, ra- is raised from the dead. So, um, yeah. Okay, I have something for you. I'll throw this at you. I, I uh, got in a discussion one time. This guy was a Messianic Jew, and he yeah. was he was raising a big stink about this because uh, apparently he didn't think that, that Jesus had really died on Friday, uh, but really like midweek sometime Wednesday or something like that. And uh, and the reason was that, he's, that, that when Jesus uh, speaks about his, his burial and resurrection, he, he compares it to whom? Jonah and the whale, and he said, just as Jonah was in the belly of a whale for three days and three nights, yeah. uh, so will the Son of Man uh, arise. And so uh, he says, okay, you have three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but you don't have three nights. And so he was proposing it was like <clears throat> midweek, and then there was some sort of an extra Sabbath in there somewhere. I, I didn't quite understand the whole the whole argument here, but uh, how, what would you respond to someone like that? Well, what would you say? That's what I want to know. Uh, I said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. That's <laughs> most of the time also true. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, this is a tricky question. The way that the best way to answer it, I think, is, and it's funny that there's a Jewish person asking because it seems like, and we can look, and we'd have to look up a few verses, but in the in the Hebrew mind, a part is a whole sort of thing. So if you have part of a day, it's the day, you know, the day and the night. So uh, it wasn't Jesus wasn't in the tomb for. Um, 48 plus 24, whether that be 50, 60, uh, how many is that? 72 hours. He wasn't in the tomb for 72 hours. Uh, it's probably closer to 30 hours. Um, but we, the parts of the day in which Jesus was buried um, uh, count. So that's how that's how we count it. I, I, and and uh, I, to kind of go and, and, and look and see what that means, I think we'd want to go into the Old Testament and, and to make this argument that a part... Uh, is equal to the whole in the Jewish mind. So, hmm, very good. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we uh, we have about a minute left here. But do you want to start some Google it before we uh, 
Yeah, yeah. I better pull up. Hold on. I'm in, I'm, let me close down my invitation to our little group here. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you have to do some real radio stuff now. It's uh, okay. I now, you. hold on. I gotta. I <laughs> I have to subtract points from you because you missed that last one. What did you do? Uh, you didn't get the last. The, oh, the oh three I missed it wrong. So. That's right. I got it wrong. All right. So you that brings you down to seven hundred points. So so not, the score I'm is sorry. Evan zero, <laughs> me seven hundred, Martin Luther ten thousand. <laughs> That's right. I I'm not sure, but I think Luther might win on this one. Yeah, because I, how how do you get points for Google it? Uh, well, I get points, but you don't. I think that's what we established. <laughs> that, that, uh, well, All t- right. Well, you well, better go first. We'll tell you what. We have we have about 20 seconds. Why don't you just uh, explain what we do, what the idea with Google it is, and we'll, then we'll go to a break and start on the other side. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I think what is the point of Google it is that you can't really trust Google. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but we put in a, a phrase or something like this, uh, and we see what comes up, and then we, uh, we kind of delve into the theology there, and we critique it and take a look at it, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the idea of Google it. We... Uh, we let Google do our theology for us, and then we uh, and then we tell you about it. All right. Well, that's uh, how it goes. And when we get back, we're gonna. Uh, what term did you did you Google again? <laughs> I did, Martin Loser. <laughs> why wouldn't you Google that? Right. That's, I don't know. Why not? Why not? <laughs> All right. We're gonna see what that. I think this is some sort of uh, some person or some church's critique of Lutheranism, and that's what yes. we're gonna be talking about when we get back. So don't go away. Uh, more table talk ready after this. There weren't enough Facebook creepers, and then we have Google creepers. All right. Perfect. We are plugged in, man. Just a, We're just about five minutes away from having a Google group. I mean, a Facebook group. I finished clicking all my friends here. Oh, the things you do while we're trying to do a radio show. Trying? What do you mean? This is not trying. This is doing. No, no, no. No. This is a, a valiant effort. <laughs> if I move effort. my mic down here, you can hear me clicking, selecting friends. Ready? Yeah, really. That's okay. You don't have to show me. That's. A, I'm, can you hear that? I'm going to turn you off. I think. <laughs> click, click, click. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, all right welcome I'm... back. Okay. Uh, welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Uh, we're doing Google it. Everyone's favorite theological game show, by the way. Of course it is. Lest you forget. Uh, everyone's favorite theological game show that now has a Facebook group. Almost. Just almost there. <laughs> I'll report to everyone when it's up and running. All right. Okay. Well, okay. Well, tell us about your Google term and, and what you found. Oh, yeah. All right. I got to I gotta surf away from Facebook here. Uh, Martin. I typed for Martin Loser. I don't know how I came across this page. Looking for something or other. Uh, I just now Googled again and it came back up. Martin Loser. Uh, but it the problem is... Uh, Apparently my internet's not working 100%, so I'm in the cached page here. But this is a this is a page that has a page after page after page um, of uh, anti Martin Luther stuff is what it is. So hmm. there you go. Okay, Martin. Here's a sadly Martin Luther was a loser who died without Christ. 
Martin Luther died an unsaved heretic. In his own words, he endorsed the Catholic rosary. Uh, by the way, when Catholics chant their rosaries, it's not a prayer, it's heathendom. <laughs> Jesus, uh, that's a side point. Jesus condemned this thing in uh, in uh, Matthew 6, 7, etc. Um, so, anyways, there you go. All right. Uh, are you, you want to pick something else to talk about more in depth, or are you just going to... Uh, yeah, I should. See, I this is I'm on the Jesus, or, uh, how Luther worshipped Mary, taught the Immaculate Conception, etc. Um, taught that Mary was everyone's true mother. So it has all this stuff. I, I kind of want to get into some other stuff because the thing where this guy really goes berserk over uh, uh, Martin Luther is is uh with the doctrine of baptism if i could if i could I'll tell you what i'll do mine up. first and and get yours going uh yeah, right. and then i'll do mine all right well i wonder if face my no, my new facebook group is slowing up my uh <laughs> getting into martin loser here i'm not sure all right well uh the i during this break i i did a little google it and i googled total depravity and uh <laughs> and of course nice. the first uh i don't know 8 9 results are are uh, Calvinists uh, saying that it's all pretty good. Uh, but the one that I found interesting was maybe the last result on the first page. And, it, and it, the title here of the website is gospeltruth.net. And it says, uh, Sermons on Important Subjects, Sermon 4, Total Depravity by Charles Finney. Oh, nice. <laughs> and uh, I'll just read a little bit, then I'll, I'll get your reaction, Pastor. Um, these words were addressed by the Lord Jesus Christ on a certain occasion to those who profess that they love God. I designed this morning and in the afternoon to establish the doctrine of to- total depravity. In doing this, I designed in the first place to show what the doctrine of total depravity is not, and secondly, what it is, and thirdly, to prove that the doctrine according to the definition I shall give of it. Um, so let's go down a little bit. Uh, first, it does not consist in any want of uh, faculties to obey God. We, uh, we all have the powers of moral agency that are needed to render perfect obedience to God. If, <laughs> if there were any want or faculties in our nature, our responsibility would cease, and we would not be justly blamed, not for doing that, uh, for the performances of which we do not possess in the appropriate moral moral powers. Okay, so let's respond uh, to what he said so far. Uh, he's saying what... what do, Total depravity is not saying is that we lack the ability to carry out what God has commanded of us. What do you? How do you respond to that? Yeah. Well, what do you? I mean, what's the, what's the distinction he's trying to make there? What, what do you think he's trying to distinguish between? Um, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Do you know the answer to what you're asking? Well, <laughs> I mean, maybe. So he's saying. Uh, I mean, because he did he say. I mean, this this uh, this line that caused you to chuckle was what that that. Uh, that we do have the capacity to... How did he say right. that again? Uh, um, let's see. Okay. Uh, we have the powers of moral agency that are needed to render perfect obedience to God, uh, which I think is a complete contradiction of the to- of total depravity. <laughs> right, right. So that this is the old thing. He says, I- I'm going to teach you about original sin. First, I'm going to teach you what it's not. Original sin is not... Original sin. <laughs> I mean, that's a, so. I'm going to teach you about total depravity. Now, let me tell you first what total depravity is. It doesn't mean that we don't have the moral agency to completely please God in in what we do. Well, no, of course not, because this guy's an Arminian. I mean, for goodness' sake. So, 
uh, he he uh, Finney clearly taught that man's that man's will not only can but must move towards God before God moves towards him. I mean, Finney is the is the father of all this stuff, the altar call, the revival, etc., etc. Uh, so it's, I mean, but this is a trick. If you don't, if you want to trick someone into thinking that they agree with you, you use their words, but then pour in a totally different meaning to it. Uh, is this, is this kind of like the, uh, the heresy two-step? Uh, I yeah. Mean, in fact, I bet it would be a precise one. If I was paying attention, I bet you we could identify it exactly as a heresy two-step. <clears throat> Did he start with a Bible passage and then say, now this is not what, it, then he slides back into an abstraction and then, uh. Uh, all it says at the top, and it doesn't even give the chapter, it just says John, verse 42. But I know you, that ye have not lo- not the love of God in you. That's all he says. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so that's precisely it, the heresy. So you take that and you say, now I'm going to talk about total depravity. Now let me tell you this and that and this and that. And you can end up saying, making the scripture say exactly what it doesn't. So, bad. Ooh, Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll give you, by the way, 400 points for this kind of the cheesy use of your buzzword <laughs> as the search term in Google it, total depravity. All right, with, <clears throat> with uh, three minutes remaining, let's let's see what you oh. have then for Google it. Here's, okay, here's, so here's the page I found at the damnable Martin Luther deception. Uh, here, here it says, while, it's, while it is understood that the opinions of men are in no way authoritative when it comes to God's plan for salvation, it's nonetheless interesting to note that Martin Luther believed wholeheartedly in the necessity of baptism as a prerequisite for salvation. Now, I don't know if it's a prerequisite for salvation. Uh, Luther says, uh, I affirm that baptism is no human trifle. It was established by God himself. He earnestly and solemnly commanded that we must be baptized. We shall not be saved. That's John 3, 5. No one thinks it's an optional matter, like putting on a red coat. It is of greatest importance that we hold baptism in high esteem as something splendid and glorious, etc. Here this guy continues. From Luther's own comments about baptism, it's clear that he taught water baptism is essential for salvation. Many Protestant denominations today have been infected with Luther's damnable heresy. Sadly, most fundamental Bible-believing churches have often been caught up with the woeful Martin Luther deception. Mm. Can, I, can I venture a guess? Yes. Uh, does this person use the King James Bible? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Just wondering. There's, a, there's a kind of a, a fe- uh, you got a special feel to these King James only guys. They they, they don't lack zeal, <laughs> no, just right. knowledge, like Paul says. But this, <laughs> but this is true. I mean, Luther does uh, connect water baptism to the gift of salvation. Surely he does, because that's precisely what the Bible does. Uh, unless you are born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God, says uh, Jesus himself in John 3, 5. Uh, believe and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins, Paul preaches, uh, Acts 2, 38. Baptism saves you, 1 Peter 3, 21. Uh, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved, says Jesus, uh, Mark 16, 16. Now, of course, baptism doesn't save apart from faith. Baptism saves precisely because it is water connected to the to the word, to the life-giving promise of new birth. Uh, and faith uh, hears that word and has life in that word. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. But this is precisely the gift that baptism gives over and over and over in the scriptures. Don't you know that if you were baptized into Christ, you were baptized into his death? 
Uh, Paul writes in Romans 6.4. And all of the passages that talk about baptism in, in the New Testament talk about how baptism gives life. If you were bapti baptized, you were clothed in Christ, you were uh, adopted into Christ, you were uh, circumcised in the flesh. I mean, all of these passages are, are uh, show that baptism is the Lord's way of delivering his promise is one of the ways the Lord delivers his promise of forgiveness to us. Wow, that's right. And and isn't isn't just the primary question of this baptism is, is who is working in the baptism? Yes. Uh, they're absolutely right. If baptism is the work of man, baptism cannot save. That's absolutely true. But baptism isn't the work of man. Baptism is the work of God by his holy word to bestow the forgiveness of sins. And just as as I'm sure this person wouldn't, wouldn't deny that, that faith is bestowed by, by hearing the word of God, well, that same faith is bestowed through his word through water uh, that God is working. So we are, are of course... Uh, of course, saved by baptism because it's God working. Uh, I'll give you the last say with about uh, 20 seconds here. Well, so many people, this is what the page says, so many people today are ignorant, and they talk, talk about Martin Luther's The Reformer of Faith Only movement, but he was a heretic who fathered baptismal regeneration. These two things do not contradict with one another. This is me talking now. Faith alone and baptism are precisely the same thing, because baptism, like you said, is God's work delivering to us his word of promise and life. And that is where faith comes, from hearing this blessed word. And that's it for Table Talk Radio. Is the Facebook group up now? Oh, yeah, it will be. I had to change pages. Give me five <laughs> seconds and it'll be ready Your internet just hated this. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are flowing like crazy on our Facebook page. Join us for 100 free points. <laughs> yeah. But they don't mean anything. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to question at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening. And tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.